What is going on guys? My name is Kenji, welcome back to the channel. Hope this is the first time you're watching one of my videos, but just in case it is, I'm a final year medical student and a biomedical science graduate studying King's College London. And today I have a really, really special guest who is Ezgi. Um, Ezgi, do you wanna go ahead and tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Ezgi. Um, I'm a GP trainee, so I'm currently in the second year of my GP training program. Um, and yeah, I graduated from UCL Medical School um, and I'm also on YouTube. So my YouTube handle is The Junior Doctor. Um, and so here we are. Nice. And uh, the reason why I really wanted to bring Ezgi on the channel is she has a very unique uh, story into medical school, which I think all of you guys will find really inspiring. Uh, and I did as well uh, myself. So. Going straight to the, the, uh, to the business, Eski, what, what was your journey into med school so far and um, how did you get to where you are today as a, as a junior doctor? Yeah, so it was really long um, and hard, um, full of failures actually. Um, mm. So I'm quite appreciative of like how far I've come. Um, yeah. So do you want me to like go into the detail or just kind of like brush over? All the detail, deep detail, okay, we've got time. <laughs> So fine, okay. Um, so I went to a secondary school in a sixth form that was like really low performing. It was like the lower, at the bottom of the borough um, in terms of like the league table. Um, yeah. And I think it was just me and two other people who were applying for medical school. And so the school wasn't very like clued up on how to do these applications. Um, yeah. And basically I applied the first time um, and I failed to get in and it was the first time the, the first year I applied was actually the year the UCAT came out so it was like okay. fresh nobody knew what it was about and I did awfully bad on it mm -hmm. um, and then so I thought I've got the grades you know why not take a year out and do it again so that's what I did okay. I took a year out I did like volunteering work. I did like, I worked in a pharmacy and I applied again and mm -hmm. um, I didn't get in. And that was the point where I was fully lost because I yeah. knew I wanted to do medicine and I really didn't know what else to do and where else to channel my like, you know, passion. Um, mm -hmm. So I felt really lost. Um, and it was at that point, I actually ended up just going into biomedical sciences at UCL mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of like a little bit depressing at the beginning because some of mm -hmm. the um, subjects we were doing kind of overlap with the medics. And so I was sat in a lecture theatre and I was like, yeah, oh my I God, feel. literally this <laughs> this feels like so depressing because I'm literally doing the same thing, yet I'm not on the degree. Yeah. Um, but then I met one of my friends um, who was also like aspiring to apply for medicine as well, post-biomed. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like pulled ourselves through together and it went really quickly actually it's three years but it went yeah. really quick and then yeah. I applied for the third time and this time for graduate entry programs in addition to mm. like undergrad programs mm. and then third time lucky I got in at UCL so I ended okay. up being at UCL for a total of eight years um, and mm. I loved every like second of it okay. so yeah that's my story <laughs> Right, so I just want to quickly interrupt this video to tell you guys about an amazing service which I know you guys will love, who is Skillshare, who is also kindly sponsoring the video. If you guys haven't heard of Skillshare before, Skillshare is an online learning platform and community for learning new skills. They have tons of classes on there from video editing to studying from exams to art and craft. Literally any skill that you want to learn, Skillshare definitely has it on there. I actually love Skillshare so much and I've been using them for such a long time that I actually decided to create my own classes on Skillshare, which you can watch completely for free by clicking the link down below. 
below. I made two classes on there. The first one is about how to write an essay. So I take you through the entire essay writing process from start to finish. And my second class on there is about how to get into medical school where I take you guys on a step-by-step -step guide all the way from actually applying to medical school to actually getting into medical school. And I know you guys will definitely benefit from that. Another class that I really like by Skillshare on there is by my mate Ali Abdel, who has a huge class on there about how to actually edit videos on Final Cut Pro, which I actually watched before learning how to edit these videos that you guys are watching right now. If you guys would like to check out Skillshare for yourself, then the first 1,000 people to click on the link down below will get a complete one month free trial of Skillshare, which you can use to watch all of my videos completely for free, as well as my mate Ali Abdel's. What I would recommend is to at least sign up for the free trial to watch my videos, watch Ali's videos as well. And if you decide that you like Skillshare enough, which I definitely recommend and definitely believe you will, then you can either sign up or cancel a free trial if you change your mind. So that's Skillshare. Let's go ahead and go back to the video. Amazing. And it's, it's, it's so inspiring to hear because you and I had the same, like similar journey. So yeah, I don't know if you know hi. this, but I, I applied through, you know, actually I actually didn't, I didn't get the like, great supply uh, in my A-levels. I got predicted A star AB, which meant that I, I literally couldn't even apply. And that like you, you know, felt super sad, super depressing. Yeah. Um, so I went, I went to biomed, exact same thing, you know, in Birmingham, being yeah. sat next to all these medics and loads of my friends that are being, being medics as well. Um, and just really, yeah, really, really depressing thinking, God, I could be here, but I'm not. And I really want to. Um, yeah. But it worked out in the end. So for how did you feel like during those times where you applied three times in total? How are you mm -hmm. feeling when you, you know, when you get into rejections and how did you persevere to keep that dream of getting into medical school and now being a doctor? Yeah, so it was hard. So I think it's easier to like look back and talk in hindsight about those days. But I can like it was very upsetting. I felt lost. Like I said, I didn't know yeah. where to channel my passion. Um, mm. And also I... I felt ashamed in a way because I know yeah. loads of people knew that I was applying for medical school. So yeah. like having been rejected, I just felt like embarrassed to say that, you know, I'd applied, I'd gone through, because it is quite a laborious process, isn't it? Like the personal statement, yeah. the entrance exams, all the work experience, volunteering you have to do, you have to commit quite a bit of time to it. Um, so, and then having gone through that twice and then failing to get in, I just felt really ashamed. Um, mm. So that was like my lowest point before starting biomedical sciences, but I knew I had to do something. I knew I had to continue. And I knew that, you know, doing biomed, at least there was going to be another option. Um, mm. And so like, but then I always had a plan B. That's kind of what got me through. So I always said to myself, if medicine didn't happen again, like, mm -hmm. what am I going to do? Yeah. So then I thought I'd go into teaching, which was something I'm also really like passionate about. So having that mm -hmm. plan B kind of got me through because I thought, okay, well, if I don't get into medicine again, at least I'm mm -hmm. not going to be lost. I've got something yeah. to kind of like focus my like efforts on. Um, yeah. So that was my plan B. And that kind of like gave me some reassurance and kept me calm. Um, so that when I went through the process again, I knew that, you know what, like it doesn't matter anymore. If I get rejected the third time, I've got something I want to do now. So I think yeah. it's always a about having that plan B, in my opinion, because otherwise you're just going to feel completely lost. Yeah, that's such a good idea. And I think a plan B definitely, at times where you're struggling, you find it really difficult and you're not entirely sure what your future will be like. Having plan yeah. B is kind of nice because it's a, it gives you the hope that if you don't get in, it's not the end of the world and the world doesn't yeah. stop there. There is something else you yeah. can enjoy and be happy with and hopefully, you know, use that plan B in the, in, in the time being until you eventually get in um, towards mm. the end. And I, and I really like how you're, so open and you speak so openly about your failures and how you felt because i definitely yeah. felt embarrassed and i think a lot of people 
can be scared to admit it and don't even know that that's an okay feeling to have. You know, like being rejected mm-hmm. is not the easiest thing and applying three times is not the easiest thing either. So yeah. I really like how you, you spoke about that very, very openly. Um, speaking a bit more like specifically about the application. So what do you think was the reason why, you know, you had to apply three times um, and what do you think like maybe people should avoid in the application yeah. if possible? So yeah, looking back, I think I did everything that I shouldn't have done um, wrong. Um, So now I can look back and I know exactly what it was. So the first thing was, like for me, is not to underestimate the entrance exam to actually kind of, you know, it was difficult to kind of prepare for it in the midst of all the A-level kind of stuff going on. Um, Mm -hmm. Even like final year with biomed, it was difficult, but I I kind of underestimated how much time I had to sort of spare to prepare for it. I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, like a few other people had gone in and done the UK cat before me like a few days before so I thought oh they've got a good grade I'll be fine kind of thing but mm. it's really about you know knowing what your weaknesses are and really like focus on that like time management and you know like the reading component was really difficult for me so those mm. things um and then the first round I really lacked diversity in my work experience and volunteering work which is what mm. I tried to kind of do um in the second year i tried to do like work in a pharmacy volunteer in hospital um but i don't think it was enough um and also another thing was um i put like the really so i had this wrong assumption that if you went to a london medical school you were going to get a job as a foundation year doctor in london and so for that Mm -hmm. reason i kept putting all of the london unis um Mm -hmm. and so that meant that you know they're all really competitive and so my application was just not strong enough so i did get like interviews but Mm -hmm. i just wasn't like a good enough candidate um but later on when i was applying in biomed you know you like all the medical schools are gmc accredited so you you qualify as equal of a doctor as everyone else and you can Mm -hmm. apply for london if you studied in scotland for example um so for that reason on my third and final attempt i kind of like diversified where i was applying Mm -hmm. um also another thing was um uh, basically, I applied for lots of unis that did the UCAT, and for okay. s- for that reason, when my UCAT flopped, um, like all those three choices were wiped out in one go. So, mm-hmm. um, so what I did in the final time when I applied was kind of like split them. So I had like two unis for UCAT, one uni for BMAT, and I think one uni didn't actually want an entrance exam or something like that. I can't quite remember now. So just basically okay. like diversifying your application so that you've got like backups and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of have to, like, from the sounds of it, be really strategic with the application. So try to diversify as much as possible in terms of your work experience, in terms of what you've done. Um, Also, diversifying your application in terms of um, the entrance exams you set as well. So maybe Mm -hmm. if you're someone who's really good at um, the BMAT and not as much on what the UCAT requires, maybe include both those those exams as well. Um, And also just applying strategically as well. So I think one Mm -hmm. thing you really said was that if you... You know, if you have certain scores, try and match them to certain medical schools. So I think one thing you said was that London tends to be quite quite competitive. So what mm-hmm. I did in my application was, I think I had one, one in London, which is like my top option. I think that was Kings, and then mm-hmm. I had one that was like kind of in the middle ranking of the of the kind of league tables, and then yeah. one or two at the bottom as well. So I had like a bit of a backup as well as my top option as well. Um, yeah. And I think that's quite important as well. What do what do you think about that? Yeah, no, definitely. Because like I said, it doesn't matter which medical school you go to, you're going to graduate as equal of the doctor as everyone else. So yeah, you have to be just strategic with all the rankings and just go for Mm -hmm. it like that. 
I think That's I was quite true. scared of like moving out from home, like in terms of renting somewhere and that kind of stuff. It was all yeah. like a mixture of emotions at the time. Okay. But, yeah. Are you from London as well? Yeah, so I live in North London, so I want to stay in London and work in London. Um, yeah. So obviously that got me into quite a bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you as well. I think, yeah, moving yeah. away is, uh, is I think, a thing that a lot of people str- uh, struggle with, especially mm-hmm. people who are like 18, going to university for the first time. But I think yeah. I was so desperate to get into medical school. If I got an offer from like the University of Somalia, I would have liked to move <laughs> to Somalia, honestly. Like, I, 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 really, really, it, like, I really get that desperation. Literally, like I was, yeah. I was one of those people who were looking up like university in European countries and I really yeah. would have considered going had I not got in the Absolutely. second time the third yeah. time yeah, yeah same and I think yeah if you're watching and you um, want to look into universities abroad I also have a, a video on there as well which I link up yeah, here somewhere about uh, yeah, about uh, going abroad yeah because that's like becoming quite a strong option now for everyone definitely and I think if I didn't get into medicine probably one or two more times I think mm. I probably would like found a med school in like Ibiza or something and enjoy the sun <laughs> on my bay or somewhere yeah um Cool. All right. So those are the things that you kind of um, had to overcome, the things that you kind of recommend people to do um, to, mm-hmm. and, and to avoid. Let's move on to the positive things. So how is being a GP so far? And, like, and do you think it's all been um, you know, worth it to get to where you are in terms of being a GP? Yeah, so it's funny because I'm on GP training, but I haven't actually had a GP rotation yet since the beginning of my training. I did one like four month rotation when I was an F2 and I've just had like hospital rotations back to back. And then I went on mat leave, came back, etc. So I'm actually like really looking forward to moving on to GP in February. Um, But in terms of the training program, it's very different to all the other specialties. so I'm really like glad that this is the path I've chosen, um, yeah. and I've like made such good friends. Um, mm. So yeah. What specialties have you done so far? So psychiatry is one of them, I think. Yeah, so I'm currently on psychiatry. I did mm. one on obstetrics and gynaecology, which was great. Um, okay. And then I, like I formed really good friendships with them, and then delivered on the same like ward I was working on um okay. and then well and then I did medicine so I was on respiratory um but okay. then I was meant to be on geriatrics as well which was like old age medicine but then the pandemic hit and I was pregnant so I had to shield and work mm-hmm. um remotely so mm-hmm. it ended up being like this weird working situation where because our hospital has electronic notes I was like, actually mm-hmm. able to like do a ward round virtually so my no colleagues way. were like actually physically seeing the patients and then yeah. doing the ward round entry and then yeah. i would like do the jobs do the discharge summary call families and update them so i just mm-hmm. tried to like keep as involved as i can because i didn't want to like go home and like shield and and that kind yeah. of stuff i really wanted to like be productive yeah that's so cool and like it's so yeah. cool that technology allows you to do stuff like that and also it's like what we're doing now like to to meet for the first time and record a video so technology exactly. is really cool um okay and one question i often get asked is um do you think doing biomed uh, and also, you know, having, you know, failed, quote unquote, failed to get into medical school a couple of times. Do you think that's contributed to who you are today as a doctor? And does it help you at all in your day to day life? Yeah, 100%. It's made me so comfortable with failure. Like, I'm just like, every time something goes wrong, I'm just like, okay, it'll be fine. I mean, I'll work at it again. And if it, and I, I'm also in a believer of this thing where it's like, if it's meant to happen, it happens mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. So I, I kind of just like let things go. So I'm like, you know, I put in the effort, I've done what I can. And if it's meant to happen, it's happened kind of like feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look back and I know, because med school is tough, like adapting mm-hmm. to, especially if you're moving out, adapting to like university life, independent learning, 
medicine yeah. the course can be quite intense there's a lot to learn so i don't Absolutely. feel like the actual information like the learning is hard i feel yeah. like it's the volume of knowledge yeah. that you need to learn is hard i, I agree um yeah, yeah so like thinking back i was like would my 18 year old self have coped with this so maybe like it was meant to be a good thing that i did biomed first and then came here because maybe had i gone into medicine first time around i couldn't mm -hmm. have coped and i would have like dropped out because yeah um in like second year of medical school i actually went through like a really bad patch in terms of like my mental health um, mm -hmm. and that kind of like came about as exam anxiety and i had terrible exam anxiety to the point where I physically couldn't get out of bed on the day of my mm. exam to attend the exam. Yeah. I eventually ended up going in and everything was fine, but I recognized that something was wrong. So mm -hmm. um, I got like um, a session of CBT mm. and that kind of stuff to like get me through. So it is like quite emotionally intense. Um, yeah. So I feel like I was more like emotionally mature at that point to kind of cope and deal with that. Yeah. So definitely I feel as though all those failures and all those experiences and everything that I went through like have really allowed me to like be the person I am today. So if I know going through that in hindsight was really really just crap and hard but i'm kind of appreciative that i did go through that if that's what makes sense definitely and like you saying that means like it's such a cool story to hear and i think with any person in the whole entire world like me and you included um who you are as a person and your personality and all the cool stories you have to tell is really because you failed you know if you and i mm -hmm. kind of sat here discussing all our like everything we succeeded at and like all of this exactly. money we gained and all, all this like, random stuff I don't yeah. think it'd be that interesting, but to hear your story yeah. about how you, how you, you know, struggled, how you failed to get into medical school so many times, and mm. really makes you who you are and really changes you as a person. Um, yeah. And I completely agree. I think one of the key things that I learned in that whole entire process for me was resilience. And like you said, it's so, so key in med school because you have so many exams. There's probably like 100 exams throughout med school. Um, there's so many points outside of exams as well that you can really struggle with, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, struggling with your mental health as well. That's something that is so common in med school. So resilience mm. is such a key thing, as well as like being a doctor. Obviously, I'm not a doctor yet, but I can imagine being a doctor like on call when you have all of these things going on and you have your consultant like shouting at you because you made a mistake and, you know, getting grilled all the time. Um, I'm sure resilience as well is so key. Um, and how did that? Yeah. So going on to that point, how did that transition on to when you started work as a doctor? How did those that, those failures and resilience apply to you as a doctor in your job? So for it's actually weird because of because I don't know, it's because of the experiences I ended up going through. Yeah. I like apparently so from the outside I look like really laid back like if there's mm -hmm. like an emergency going on in the ward I'm like okay guys like let's go through you know Dr. ABCD let's just sort this out mm -hmm. and so many people came up to me and they were like you're a graduate aren't you like graduate <laughs> medic and I was like yeah how do you know she was like graduate medics are always like this they're just so laid back and chilled and they're just like they're just less panicky when it comes to like dealing yeah, with stressful that. situations on the ward so yeah. um you're in luck you're gonna be that person when you finally graduate <laughs> and you work as a doctor That's so it's quite cool like i feel like yeah it has really like um developed my stress management and mm. um and yeah like i feel like it has made me a different doctor i'm, I'm able to handle those situations a bit better and because i'm a little bit older as well than everyone else i kind of feel like you know i don't take so much crap from like people that are higher because for example you might work with like a, a an SHO or a registrar and actually they're yeah. the same age as you so it's like well yeah. hold on just because I'm hierarchically lower than you doesn't mean you can yeah. like treat me bad so it kind of gives you that edge a little bit as well so, yeah. yeah that's so true that's 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 yeah that's, that's uh entirely true and um 
I, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to be on the ward and have someone shout at me and be like, "Hey, listen, I'm um, I'm 25 years okay. I'm 25 years old, the same age as you. So, so don't uh, don't give me that." Um, yeah, exactly. Which which brings me on, on to my kind of next question I have for you. Um, so obviously, in a couple of months' time, I'm going to be uh, an F1 as well. So starting my first year as June doctor. Uh, what sort of tips, other than sticking up for myself, do you have for me um, in being a good doctor, being a good um, F1? Um, so I'm just thinking about like my F1 experience. Um, mm. So I always get asked, like, should I read up on anything? Should I do anything? Should I brush up on any of my skills? And I always say no because being on mm. the job is what actually like where you get most of the learning. So yeah. my biggest like tips would be to download all of the important like apps that you need, um, mm -hmm. which I can tell you like now or later if you want. Um, <laughs> and then also like um, the things that you really need to be good on is like um, assessing an unwell patient. That is the okay. only time you need to be on the ball um, mm -hmm. and you need to do well. Like otherwise you've got senior support around you for everything else. So you can kind of just ask them, rely on them and, and it's fine. But sometimes, you know, if you're on call, you get bleep, there's like an unwell patient. You always have to go back to the basics yeah. of like Dr. Mm -hmm. A, B, C, D, E and just assess mm -hmm. the patient. Okay. One thing I did loads and I don't regret doing is literally just like, I know everyone says this and it's like such cliche, but ask for help. Like yeah. even on the phone on my first day when I was like calling microbiology, I'll be like, hi, you know, my name's Ezgi. I'm one of the new F1s. I've just started mm -hmm. today. Can I just run through this and that with you? Just kind of like give them a heads up that you're new. You're not okay. really like up to scratch with like, you know, how to do the kind of, um, not the referrals. What is it? The kind of, hand over like on the phone if that sort of makes sense so just like yeah. make sure make just like ask for help even from like nurses and everything um okay. um what else it's all kind of the basics or so one thing i did mm -hmm. didn't do which i should have done is the social side of f1 is so amazing so like there was loads okay. of people like going out to the pub after work on a friday or something and i'd always be like oh you know yeah, i'm tired i've been on call yeah and you just want to go home but like thinking back i should have gone out with like especially now with the toddler i'm like oh my god why didn't i go out on every single <laughs> opportunity that i had yeah. so like yeah really like make use of those friendships because you'll have those friendships for, like the rest of your career probably really okay so it's not something yeah. that you just like your friends for four months or six months we want your next rotation and you never see them again well, if you want to be, if that's what you want to do, you definitely can do that. But no, like if you if you really like find, you know, like a group, like we have like, um we had, so I started on surgery and there was nine of mm. us. And so okay. it was like a great social um, specialty to start on. Um, yeah. And we still sort of like keep in touch today. Like we go to each oh, other's okay. weddings and like we've got okay. our WhatsApp group still that we kind of like update each other. So it's okay. quite cool. And then you can like see what other people are doing. And, you know, yeah. they've like, cause, uh, another thing in the future, when they become like cardiology edges, anesthetics and mm. you've got all those like contacts as well that's true if you need like a free free surgery you can hit someone up yeah, oh no basically. it's nhs is free anyways <laughs> but yeah okay that's good to know actually um yeah it's good to know because i quite like socializing people in like final year and i love yeah. how um in med school i don't know if you had this but at least in king's we yeah. uh, we move around so often and we live with different people and it's just been like such a long like experience of socializing which is so so good um yeah. so it's really good to hear that will that will happen um yeah and also i wanted to well th oh, oh, last thing thank you so much for that, that advice but one thing i kind of was thinking about is imposter syndrome and i get this a lot i get a lot of questions on this of you know what is it how do you deal with it does it ever go away? Like you're obviously like three or four years into your career as a doctor now. 
Is yeah. this something that has left you, would you say? Because this is something I think I probably will face as an F1. Um, and yeah, I'm wondering how you deal with it. So I'll be honest, I get this question a lot as well. Lots of people, whenever I do like a Q&A on Instagram or anything, I get this question all the time. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, for me, especially imposter syndrome wasn't there all the time. It kind of like comes and goes. Yeah. Um, so basically I kind of got it on like the first few days when mm. I was the one who was signing for the scripts. I was the one who was writing a discharge for some reason, signing the bottom for it to go to pharmacy. And I really felt like, wow, like, Am I doing this? Do I deserve to yeah. be here? And mm-hmm. whenever whenever that thought comes into my mind, I stop and I just think about my whole journey into medicine. And I'm yeah. like, holy, like, F. Like, I've spent <laughs> so much time and effort to get to this point. I deserve to be here. And I'm yeah. here. And I am doing this damn signature. Like, every yeah. time I get that imposter syndrome sort of, like, thoughts come through me. And I'm like, no, I deserve to be here. I've worked as hard as everyone else. So, yeah. like, you know, I'm going to enjoy the experience and I'm going to enjoy the journey that, I, like, has brought, that's brought me here. So yeah. I, it does definitely come into my mind, um, but I kind of, like, push them back. Yeah. Okay, that's so good to hear. And I, I feel yeah. the exact same way. I think, in, in like, in med school as well, I think, especially being a final year now and being not having more responsibility but being expected to know more and do more on the wards yeah. Um, yeah. it's definitely something that comes in waves and unfortunately no- normally comes in the wave where I'm like really tired and didn't sleep well last night and it's like the worst timing yeah. but um, no, I completely yeah. agree I think it's, it's just about reminding yourself every single day that um, you know you deserve to be here you've fought yeah. for so many years you fall for this position and you've worked so hard and for so many years exactly. to actually be where you are um, and you deserve to be here and if you know whenever I look at the consultants I always look at them and think you know what there's no difference between me and them other than the fact they've had more years and more experience. You know, if they, if they manage mm-hmm. to achieve it, then why not me? And why not my friends? Exactly. And why can't we all exactly. achieve it together? Um, exactly. You didn't fluke your way through medical school. So, like, yeah. you know, you worked hard, you did the revision, you did the studying, you got through, like, all those failures. So, exactly. you know. Exactly. Getting this far, like, is never by chance. Like, you can't just wake up one day and be a medical student or be a doctor and be like, oh, I got lucky. You know, obviously, there's a bit, exactly. there is a bit of luck involved. Um, of course, like maybe luck in terms of like getting into the course or like I don't yeah. know, yeah. But yeah, that's about exactly. it. But as a whole, I definitely would say that it's something that's like very intentional. And if you if you got to where you are, it wasn't by luck, and you deserve to be there. And that's something yeah, like exactly. I have to tell myself all the time. And yeah, it happens to everyone pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Okay, that brings us to our last question. Sorry, I've gone a bit off script. I know I've asked you like a few extra questions here and there that you weren't no, expecting. No, I love it. It's going um, great. We're very candid. Um, but yeah, last question I have for you is: So you're a YouTuber, you're a mother, um, you're a doctor, and you're a wife. You do so many things in your life. And yeah. one question I personally want to ask for you is: How do you manage to balance all these things that you that you do? I actually sometimes don't even know myself um but I think it's kind of like building it slowly into your routine so for example um I was first a medic then I added YouTube in there then I got married and then I became a mom so it kind of like built up slowly I wasn't sort of like overwhelmed in one go yeah um the second thing is I always reach out for like support so with my husband Mm -hmm. for example I'm always like can you look after Ella I need Mm -hmm. to get revision done. Can you take her out for like a walk because I need to record this video? So I'm just like really open about my needs rather than just trying to juggle everything myself and then like burning out. Um, And another thing I'd say is just to kind of like be 
um like insightful into like how much you can handle um because mm. for example there's somebody who might be doing loads more than me but i just my mental health can't like cope with that much if that's what makes sense so yeah, i have to yeah. kind of like look at the situation and think okay what am i able to do and sort of work at that so that kind of comes to like not comparing yourself to others as well um yeah. you know everyone is different everyone's family setup is different everyone's life is different you know financial situations are different like there's people who are financially well off and they can have like nannies and like cleaners and that kind of stuff so everyone's just in a different situation so every situation and like life is unique so if you stop comparing yourself and just focus on what you can do um, mm. and how you can utilize your time and um, without burning out and getting enough support, does that sort of make sense? <laughs> that's how it yeah. kind of happens, I think. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's, that's so true. And I think I really agree with the point you said about you, it didn't all happen at once, you know, step by step. And I think yeah. it's so difficult to chase two rabbits and catch them both. You know, I think yeah. if you're starting off, like let's say you're starting med school and you want to um, get, on, get on top of your studies first and sit one or two exams and get mm -hmm. to the point where you know, actually, I've caught this rabbit. I can kind of mm -hmm. like keep it away. Let's chase the next one. And then exactly, that might be, yeah. you know, starting a YouTube channel or yeah. having a kid or wherever it might be. And I think, you know, it's yeah. really difficult to, to chase so many things and catch it all at once. So whenever yeah, I do something so. new in my life, it's always on the basis of knowing that, um, I, what I add to my plate is not going to make anything else fall off my plate. And as yeah. long as everything else is secure, I'll test it. I'll test the waters first, you know, maybe do one day of YouTube or one day of whatever it might be and see mm. how that manages. If it works out well and you could actually handle it really, really well, it's not affecting your friendships, your relationships, whatever, then yeah. maybe that, that can kind of stay in your life and, and become a new part of your life. And also yeah, actually, 100%. I think being open to things falling away. You know, maybe you're yeah. not really into playing guitar anymore. Maybe that's something you can kind of say goodbye to and only do every once in a while and replace that with start a YouTube channel and stuff. So, yeah, I think yeah, that's I really true. That last point that you made, like being aware of like things that you just aren't enjoying anymore, making peace with like saying goodbye to them and like focusing on new things. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, because that's one thing I realized yeah. recently. Like sometimes I think I had the pressure of like, for example, playing guitar. I used to love mm. playing guitar. I played it so often. And I mm. kind of felt like I had the impression to kind of like impress my previous self, like the, the past Kenji, to carry on playing yeah. for him. Then I realized, yeah. like, actually, hold on. If I don't really enjoy it anymore, it's not something I want to do right now, then the old Kenji's kind of gone. You know, this is yeah. a new one. I don't have to play anymore, and I can play every once yeah. in a while, you know, instead. So exactly. Because you point. change as a person as well as you get older. So exactly. Just as like it is with friends as well. Like you lose friends and you make new friends. And yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I think it's just, it's just life at the end of the day. Um, yeah, exactly. Which brings me on to my final, final question. I promise it's the final one. Yeah. Um, no, I ask everyone this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I ask everyone this who comes on the channel. Um, so, so you went through, you know, obviously high school, you failed to get into medical school three times, or you got in your mm -hmm. third time. Um, you've gone through four years of, of medical school after biomedical science. You're now five a years. GP. I five years. I did an undergrad sorry. degree. Oh, yeah. undergrad. Okay. Fine. So <laughs> yeah. like me. Okay. Five years. Um, and then you, you've obviously been a doctor for a few years now. Looking back at your whole experience, was the juice worth the squeeze? If you know what that means. Yeah, definitely. Like even now I still struggle with all the exams I need to revise for and the constant learning that like I need to just keep on top of. Yeah. But definitely like, you know, de like definitely. Yeah, okay. I can't That's even like say anything else, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely you can, yeah i mean looking back is when you can always realize these things and think actually it was so worth yeah. that bit of yeah. that, that, that rubbish year that i had um yeah but we finally made it cool um 
Eski, if people you know like what you said um, really resonate with you, where can they where can they find you? So yeah, I'm on. Like I said at the beginning, I'm on YouTube as the Junior Doctor. So I do lots of like hospital vlogs, um, like getting into medical school and just like the life of a doctor type stuff. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram as the Junior Doc. So I know like loads of people have questions. So you can either like drop it at the bottom of Kenji's comments, and I'll be like looking at the comments regularly to answer your um, questions anyway. But if you want to, you can also send me um, comments on my Instagram account, and then we could just connect from there. Nice. And when you become a consultant uh, one day, are you gonna or, yeah. or like a qualified GP? You're gonna change it to like a qualified GP. Oh, this is the this is the million dollar question. <laughs> uh, do you know what the the actual YouTube handle, the GP, has actually been taken? Sadly, oh, so I no don't way. know what I'm gonna do. I might just use my name, which is Doctor Esgi Oscan. Um, okay. But then I just feel like is that unique? Are people gonna recognize me? I don't know. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna. I, it's gonna be like a couple of years till okay. I get to that point. So yeah. I'll ask you that question in a few years. Then we'll, we'll yeah. see. Um, cool well, thank you yeah. so much Eski, for coming on the channel I appreciate it so much and thank, um, you, thank you guys me. so much for watching as well um, and yes go check out Eski's channel she has a really really like amazing channel with loads of inspirational videos and if you like what she said you resonate with what she said please go check her out um, thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys on the next one